So, you know, I was, as a child, embarrassed, ashamed. I had to go to a special education class. And so when all your friends, the group is, you know, going to gym, I'm getting escorted down the hallway to meet with Mrs. Gallagher to learn. Because used to be that locality was the differentiating factor. This is the local tutoring agency. This is who you go to. But with remote learning, locality doesn't mean anything anymore. If, if I send out a message saying, you know, we can help your child excel, and I send out an email, and so does all of my contemporaries, it's invisible. The mistake many people do, and I, I do talk about this in the pumpkin plan, is we actually cater to the people we like least because they're the complainers. The key about attraction is to speak to something very specific, mm-hmm. not trying to include everything, mm-hmm. but speak to one element of what you know people, the buyer, wants or needs or feels. If you're better and the customers aren't receiving that, that's their problem, but it's our fault. Like we mm-hmm. have to market. Welcome to the Qualified Tutor Podcast. I'm your host, Ludo Miller, and I'll be interviewing tutors and thought leaders from across the tutoring landscape to inspire, inform, and motivate you to become the best tutor you can be. The Qualified Tutor Community is a safe and supportive space for tutors who love to learn and grow. We offer training, resources, ideas, and a chance to connect with like-minded tutors. If you'd like to continue the conversation, join our Qualified Tutor Community at www.qualifiedtutorcommunity.org or find it in the show notes. Welcome, Mike Michalowicz, to the second podcast, the Qualified Tutor Podcast. And we've been so lucky to have you on here twice because you have so much wisdom to share. You are a coach for entrepreneurs. Um, in a way, I feel like you tutor me through your books and your. Oh, that books means the world! Thank constantly. you. And I and I feel that it's making helping me grow and helping our community grow. And as we've spoken about before, um, our specialism is teaching and learning. It's not business. So when we want to talk about business, we hand over to an expert like you. Our community is made up of tutors who yep. are working either independently or with agencies and lots of small agencies. People who have decided to be connectors between students and tutors to really help to make that difference and they are feeling a squeeze right now yeah because used to be that locality was the differentiating factor this is the local tutoring agency this is who you go to but with remote learning locality doesn't mean anything anymore and so we need to find new differentiating factors which is great timing for your book because your book is called Different is Better. So talk to us about how to differentiate ourselves and maybe we'll loop back right at the end to explain how Qualified Tutor has designed itself to help tutors and agencies to differentiate themselves. I I love it. I love it. I'll start off with the framework. So what I realized for most businesses, we follow a marketing plan or strategy and yet it doesn't seem to work. We get very frustrated. So that was the impetus for my research of what makes marketing effective or not. And what I found is it's not marketing plans. Marketing plans are excellent for executing what works, but marketing plans don't tell you what work necessarily. It's it's the scaling phase. So 
it's we need to figure out what works first. That's why I wrote different is better. The the core essence and understanding I've come to is that marketing happens in milliseconds. It doesn't happen in months or years. That's the execution. But think about it. Right now, Ludo, Julia, me, we can all look around our space right now, and there is hundreds of marketing messages. There's logos. Uh, there are, um, you know, just, I, I don't know even what this piece of paper is, but there's logos. There's, yeah, there you, I need a speaker pen. Do you know this amazing company? I need a speaker. Well, worth looking into. Go ahead. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and behind you, I can see, you know, all those books listed, it's all marketing. Everything's trying to garner our attention. Our minds, and this gets a little scientific, but we have a thing called a reticular formation. It is a neural network that's at the base of our brain, right where the brainstem, all the inputs come in. Its primary job, the reticular formation, is to ignore. The primary job of this neural network, it's a figurative and literal net, it's designed to ignore almost everything. Because if our brain was accessing and considering everything simultaneously, we could never pay attention. We'd be overstimulated. Yeah, we just it would just explode. Therefore, 99.999, you know, into infinity, it seems, percent of the active inputs going on are ignored. <clears throat> so the question is, how do we not get ignored? Mm-hmm. Well, I found the reticular formation uh, allows only three things through. One thing are opportunities. If I pump, you know, plop down um, a stack of pounds and say, hey, this is, this is available for you right now, that's an opportunity. There's some serious money there. I'll take it. The second thing is a threat. If I put down a gun on the table and said, we really have to have a conversation right now. Uh, Now it's a threat. You'll pay attention. So the mind prioritizes opportunities to grasp them, threats to avoid them. And there's one more piece that gets through. It's the unknown. If something that we've never experienced before in this, you know, uh, or, or in this context will be prioritized because the brain needs to evaluate it's an opportunity or threat. So being different guarantees attention. Uh So lesson one in different is better is the only way you can get attention is to do something that's unexpected or different. Uh It doesn't need to be radical. Uh, It just needs to be in the context different. If everyone is doing an email, send a video email, and that's enough for the brain to say, hold on, this is not ignorable. I didn't expect this. What is it? And we start evaluating for opportunity or threat. Instead of see the cartoon character with the question mark and the exclamation mark over like, (laughs) yeah. Now, now this happens in milliseconds. Uh, I I don't know, mail at your house, but we get so much junk mail. It it feels like there's a stack of ads and so forth. And if you get that too, we, I, you have become very efficient at sorting through mail. We, We throw things out. No, 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 no. Yes, no, no, no. That is an example of how quickly our mind operates. We look and we know it's it's irrelevant because we've seen it before. It's ignored. But if it's a check or a deposit, you know, cash in the mail, we'll look at it. If some white substance falls out of it, threat, we'll be like, whoa. Or if it's something is unexpected, it's a, a box. When we weren't expecting a box, we pay attention to it. So step one, be different. I'll go through the other two elements real quick. The second element is be attractive needs to be seen as an opportunity and compelling. If, if, if you're different and that white powder comes out, people will avoid you. So what gets you noticed? And then what compels the right person to stay intrigued and interested in it? Right. That's called attraction. The last element is called direction. You have to give the prospect a specific action to take as a result of being attracted to what you have. You have to ask them to do something. 
the worst thing to do is something that people notice and they take no action around it. So it may be sign up for your email list. It may be simply let's have a conversation. It may be post something on your website. It may be a buy now. Mm-hmm. But these three elements, differentiate, attract, and direct. It's an acronym, DAD. You can look at any marketing. And if it passes those three tests, it'll work. The simple mnemonic is, does DAD approve? If you simply say, you look at any marketing and say, does DAD approve? Which can be a little creepy at times. Always, always. <laughs> Yeah. Does dad approve? If dad approves, it passed the marketing test. If it doesn't pass that acronym, you're in trouble. Okay. So give us an example. So um, say I was trying to promote a small tutoring agency and I was trying to reach an existing mailing list. So I need to create something that is. Yeah. First different. So if, if it's an email list, realize there's a thing called a medium and a method. A medium is the vehicle that we use to communicate. So I can differentiate on the medium. If, if I send out a message saying, you know, we can help your child excel, and I send out an email, and so does all of my contemporaries, it's invisible. But what if I send that out via a, a traditional mailing? Or what if I ran a television commercial? Those things are different enough that it could get attention, mm-hmm. but it may not be within your budget. So then we look at the established medium and say, can we apply a different method? So a different method may be a video. Mm-hmm. It may be uh, the, the video pops up and it's not about a child being tutored, but a parent who didn't get tutored uh-huh. and is now getting tutored. And the person's like, oh, receiving this saying, oh my gosh, now you have a, you know, a 50 year old person sitting in a little child's chair crunched in there getting her <laughs> tutoring lessons. And it could say something like, you know, it's never too late, but it's definitely to your advantage to start early. Right. Right. So that's different. It's unexpected. You're seeing yeah. something that's out of the screen context, but it could be attractive because now maybe speaking to the consumer's interest, but you can't forget direct. So we're doing something different. It may be attractive. Now it must direct. It says, Hey, let's get started with your child. Click here to see if they qualify or or something very specific and explicit. Right. Okay. So talk to me more about attractive then, because um, what we don't want is to promote ourselves through through anything negative. We don't want to associate our brand and our name with anything negative. So we don't really want to talk about COVID catch up and children missing out. What do we want to talk about? Well, okay. You speak to the true buyer. And so the first thing to realize is in this context, you likely have someone who's buying, paying for this and a different beneficiary, someone who's receiving the benefit. It's the parent we're selling to. Yeah. The mistake I've seen people do is they try to do something with always kids running around and they're trying to get excited for the children. Your kid will have the best time. But what what's the concern of the buyer? Uh-huh. So their concern may be that um, the child's cooped up and having a social experience. Mm-hmm. And so we could say something like that, saying your child deserves social time in this new world we're experiencing, and it can happen. Mm-hmm. And then you speak to something that the, the key about attraction is to speak to something very specific, mm-hmm. not trying to include everything, mm-hmm. but speak to one element of what, you know, people, the buyer wants or needs or feels and go deep on that. On. Now the key is it may not work, but the beautiful thing about doing this process is we're going to get data. So as you send this out, if, uh, if it doesn't attract, you won't get engagement. Then we say, okay, that experiment didn't work. Let me try something else. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to put this element in. These are experiments. I think the mistake that people make with marketing is saying, I'm trying a marketing plan or I'm trying a marketing strategy. 
when it doesn't work the way they expected, they say, it's failed. I'm never doing this again. Right. Well, they tried one version of it. If we change the label to marketing experiments, now it's like, okay, the experiment didn't work, but what information can I glean from this? What should I not do? And what elements kind of worked and I should do more of? So let's assume that we're not experts in analyzing this data. What, what should we be looking at? Yeah, so uh, here's, the, here's a great tip. No one's an expert analyzing the data. <laughs> just invented. So the, the, we ask ourselves, what is the next action we want the customer to take? Customer response. So do I want the customer to click on this button and buy something? Do I want phone calls? So the goal is, say it's phone calls. I want people calling my office. What I'd write down is historically, what kind of call volume do we get? And then when we run this marketing experiment, what kind of call volume do I get? And I can compare the two. But there's another technique. It's called keying. Keying is where we insert something that explicitly points back to the marketing source. It's a little bit sounds complex, but this has what works. When I send out this email campaign with you know the older person sitting in a child's chair being tutored, the call to action can go to a specific, unique phone number or extension. So now the only people that call on this extension are from this ad. If I get no rings there, okay, this ad failed. If I get rings there, then I can quantify. So you can key in multiple ways. Just key one thing, make it simple, and you'll see the results. Okay. So let's say that there's not a great take up. So now yeah. I've got two options. I can either change the method or I can change the medium, right? Right. In the beginning, yeah. You can change the method or the medium, but then you can change the dad strategy. Okay. So the, the method was we sent out an email, older person in chair. The medium was email. Um, the question we have to ask ourselves is, okay, was it was a different enough. Did it get some form of engagement? And you may see on social media, people are like, oh, this was the funniest ad I've seen. So that means maybe it's working there, but maybe it wasn't attractive. So maybe the, the, the person receiving it isn't the father, it's the mom. So I want to send out uh, a female an older female going through this and try that experiment again right. and see if there's uptake. Right. So we start playing with the variables. Okay. And you'll look at maybe who on social media, whether it was mostly men or mostly women that responded or that liked it. That yes. Yes. Oh, you're good at this. And that's exactly what you do. So we start looking for the elements and the indicators. Like uh -huh. what do I notice in, in what's called the metadata around this experiment, I have explicit data, how many people are calling me. I have metadata, meaning I see things happening around this and measure. Okay. So I know that I've heard you speak in the past about the difference between working in your business and on your business. Yeah. And somebody who started an agency is likely to be a tutor um, yeah, or somebody who just you know, knew a bunch of tutors and wanted to connect them up and make a difference, which means that they're not business people and we may well have exceeded their cognitive load already with how much that we've explained. But I've also heard you say that we have a responsibility to make our services accessible. Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, so people are starving, starving <laughs> for you. My gosh, we need you. The world needs you so badly. And, and how I summarize this is real simple. Look at the work you do as a tutor. Is your work superior to the alternatives that your potential clients are experiencing? The books they're reading, the online uh, services provided by maybe the school or some kind of governmental entity. If you're better and the customers aren't receiving that, that's their problem, but it's our fault. Like we have to market. Now, the nice thing about being a business owner is it is your business. You can choose to keep it yourself doing the work. 
or you can choose that you facilitate your work on the business. You have other people doing the work. I will tell you this. If you decide to do the work, maybe the marketing can just be how you do the work. Maybe that alone is different enough. Mm-hmm. Maybe um, every single tutoring session, this is absurd, but you wear a costume and the student, you mail to them a similar costume. Um, it could be a superhero. And maybe you dress up like Wonder Woman or some superhero and your student does the same. And Ludo actually very does this every Tuesday. Well, pardon me? Ludo does this every Tuesday. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Ludo, you're awesome. And now you become known as the superhero tutor. And it has to work with your message. It has to be appropriate. But you can say maybe children inside have a alter ego of a superhero. Yes. And my job is to bring it out, to bring about okay. confidence. And now the service is different enough that it becomes marketable. Yeah. I was gonna say this would this would work best for you know literature analysis sessions, but actually maybe it would work best for sort of further maths because that's perhaps a subject where a superhero can can bring it all alive, you know. Can totally it can, it work for any subject. And I'll tell you this: very few people have the courage to try it out. It's uh, fun to fantasize about it, uh, but but we are so afraid of the criticism of well, people make fun of me. Here in the U.S., there was a company. I don't know if you ever heard of them called Geek Squad. They were yep. computer. They were computer guys, mm-hmm. and I had a computer business, and I had a small little business, and I had all the credentials. I was amazing, but Geek Squad. These people dressed with glasses with tape in the center. They would <laughs> wear flood pants. Uh, they had the little tie down, and they would walk in in these these uniforms, and they looked like geeks. As a result, that company exploded in growth. It was acquired by another company. It's a billion, one B, billion US dollars business where my business kind of fluttered along. They had the courage. I didn't. I had the idea. They had the courage. Courage trumps ideas. Fantastic. And yet, and yet, we don't want gimmicks. We do want to make a splash. We do want to help people. But we work in a trust industry. It's yep. all about trust over here. By the way, we do say that nerds run the world. <laughs> it comes I'm up into that. It's true. I know. Um, they run our community, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we are not ashamed of being passionate and enthusiastic and a little bit obsessed with our subjects. So and that's what I wanted to take you to next. What about specialisms, niches? Is there something that an agency should be doing to really um, drill down into one specialist area? Yes. I mean, that is the biggest opportunity, particularly when the differentiation of being local is no longer significant. I would, what I would do is look at my existing client base, my, my actual students, but also the parents or, or the ones, the guardians for those individuals, and find out who are my best? And it's very simple. You can see in your mind saying, I love working with a student and I love these parents. Yes. Once you find that combination of people you love the most, we want to see what kind of unique needs they have, uh, what's unique about the parent situation. Maybe there's it's a single parent or maybe it's a, a professional parent or maybe it's a stay-at-home parent. But we want to learn. What you'll find is that saying birds of a feather flock together You'll, if you service this community, you'll find more people like them. They know each other. They, they naturally commune. So once you identify that community, start catering to that community. Niche specialization or niche specialization is all about 
over catering to a community to a point where they feel that they are served above and beyond any alternative, that they feel nurtured and loved above and beyond. And by doing that, you start to differentiate yourself. That's right. That's exactly right. So I think our listeners will know that that's exactly how we operate. Um, and I tell you where I got it from, the book behind you, The Pumpkin Plan. So, oh, I love it. So go further, go further and tell us about this. Because if I'm a small agency and I'm thinking about who to serve, you're giving me permission to start off by serving my favorite people, right? Yes, yes. So and, and that's what you should do. Serve your favorite people and you'll naturally elevate the quality of service. It's natural. The mistake many people do, and I, I do talk about this in the pumpkin plan, is we actually cater to the people we like least because they're the complainers. Oh, my oh, gosh. The service wasn't on time. Um, I'm not happy of how my student is progressing. You're no good. Or the worst, they're like, yeah, everything's fine. And then they go on some kind of social media like Yelp or some kind of review site and say, worst company ever. This tutor sucks. Blech. We over cater to them because we want to rectify the solution or the situation. We spend an, ex an ex extraordinary amount of time there, which also curtails our availability for our best students. Yes. So I hate to say this, but get rid of the people you don't like and yeah. love upon the ones you do. Yeah. The ones you don't like, they'll find other tutors. Mm -hmm. But the ones you love, when you start catering to them, your reputation starts to precede you. That's so I'll give you one more Come on. hack. <laughs> when you identify who your best customers are, Ask the buyer, which is likely the parent, what other people do they use in uh, to service their child? Not other tutors, but do they have some other services? Maybe a swim instructor. Sure. Find who they are. Ask the parent, say, listen, I would love to reach out to your network of other providers so I can collaborate with them. Meaning if I know what your swim instructor does, maybe we can integrate some of the lessons from swimming into the work that we do. So this better serve that customer. But here's the magic. When you know who the swim instructor is, for example, and you call them and you have a shared customer, what's naturally going to happen is a relationship is going to come out of this because you're caring for the swim instructor too. And they may just say, hey, I have a lot of other students like this at my swim school. Would you be interested in being introduced to them? This is called the vendor well. And once you tap into it, not by saying, can you give me leads, but by being of service to other vendors, it opens up massive opportunity of your favorite students. There's clones of them out there. So you're talking about being of service. Be, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah of, of specific service to the right community. Oh. The mistake we make as tutors, I suspect, is we want to serve everyone equally. We want to love on everyone. But if you're, if you're focusing on people you can't serve or ever satisfy, you're actually diluting yourself. Mm -hmm. Narrow that attention to the community who already loves you, cater to them to the highest degree, and you'll explode in notoriety. Fantastic. So, so say again, what was that phrase? The, the what well? This the vendor well. The vendor well, right. So my sister teaches Pilates and she gets lots of recommendations from physical therapists. Yes. yes. Perfect example. Okay. So if I'm specializing in tutoring students with special educational needs, I will build a relationship with the therapists near me, speech therapists, occupational therapists, that kind of thing. Yes. Yes. And it may even be the unexpected relationship. Maybe there's, you find out that some of these students buy bicycles, the parents buy bicycles from a certain vendor because the bicycle understands the, oh. the type of bike. Those unexpected relationships are sometimes the best because no one is tapping into those. And maybe you could then do, you could do an education event at the bicycle center, explaining to uh, aspiring bike riders on how you, how they can 
uh, you know, have a better experience sharing some of your expertise. I'm with you. Okay. I'm going to circle. I'm going to go around to one more of your books. If you've got time, the surge. Okay. So something is happening now with tutoring in the world that people are beginning to turn to it because they weren't able to go to school. There is a massive wave behind us. Yes. And those of us who saw it coming are paddling with all our might right now. Yes. We want to be there to ride that wave and to make the difference. Yes. So if you are a small agency leader or a medium-sized agency leader and you see this wave coming up behind you, I mean, it's terrifying because, because the pressure, because the opportunity is immense. Schools are bringing tutors into school right now. Parents are turning to tutor every day. How do we behave? Yeah, so, so Serge, I talk about the wave of the changing markets and in the tutoring industry, it is a, this is a tsunami coming through. That's right. The mistake is to try to ride the entirety of the wave. If you've ever seen a surfer, um, you actually wanna pick just one part of the wave and ride that and maybe shift around, but you pick a very specific part of it. Don't try to serve everyone with this change saying, I can address schools, I can address parents' new needs, we can do remote learning. Pick one thing and dominate that space. For example, I'm looking into this thing called Oculus, which is really a game-based system where it's an immersive thing. And I wonder if there's an opportunity in tutoring to do uh, virtual reality. That's one little piece of this wave. It's okay. taking the Zoom sessions and putting it on steroids. But I'll tell you this, if I go after that, I'm going to go all in on that and not try to also cater to the schools and try to address all these other elements. Be masterful at one little piece of the wave and you will ride that all the way to the beach. Fantastic. So as you probably know already, our wave is training um, because there's no training for tutors. Uh, well, there is now um, because we have a qualification. I know, right? We have a qualification that trains our tutors and what comes with that qualification is a quality mark. Because if you're a tutor on a giant platform, how do you stand out? Well, you need a quality mark. And if you're an agency alongside all those other agencies on the, on the internet, and Ludo and I know that there are gajillions of them, how do you stand out? Well, you say our tutors are all qualified tutors. So, so have you had experience of how quality marks work in the past? Oh, yeah. So you, you make them very prominent. So I have an organization, we certify accountants and bookkeepers. In the US alone, there's 400,000 people doing this. There are 600 with our quality mark, which means they've met a certain standard. It instantly starts a conversation. So when you have that quality mark, you make it prominent and you revolve your conversation around it. Here's a reality with accountants and bookkeepers. 90% of the work they do is all the same. But 10% is their differentiator. If you start talking about the, all the standard things that everyone does, you can't stand out. But if you can instantly have a quality mark and speak to how that differentiates you, you win. That's how we use it. So let's go right back to the beginning then. We spoke about differentiating factors and being attractive and then giving direction with that. So a quality mark, and I know that you're speaking about your Profit First book here, which is a fantastic lesson for anybody who's learning how to wrangle their, their money management into something that makes sense. Um, giving people that opportunity to differentiate, them, differentiate themselves with a, this is how we do it, this is who we're about, and something that's attractive and speaks to that pain point in the parent, crucially not the student, yeah. and then giving that opt-in, enroll, try a free session, sign up for our newsletter, um, any of those things, make an inquiry. 
those are the things that are going to make a difference to our agencies. Is that right? That's totally right. I, actually, I got tear building up here because you said that so well. <laughs> I'm a good listener, but you're a fantastic coach. Thank you so, so much for your generosity. Um, we're going to uh, invite you back in another four or so months to hear what's happening next. <laughs> oh, I'd be honored. I already have an idea building up about how we could do something with like judo where you have different belts. We could do something like that with tutors. I don't know. Let me let me let that simmer and yeah. we can discuss it the next time we can. We've got, we've got superheroes. We've got judokas. There's, there's a whole range of... Like, yeah, there's a lot of opportunity of here. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Thanks for your time, Thank Mike. You, Mike. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, Julia. You. Thanks, Ludo. Really great See you again soon. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Qualified Tutor Podcast, where tutors share their expertise to support the tutoring community. If you'd like to continue the conversation, join our Qualified Tutor community at www.qualifiedtutorcommunity.org or find it in the show notes below. We exist to connect, share and learn with you because tutoring is a small job that makes a big difference.